Hello and welcome back to the Esports Startup Podcast. I'm joined by Robert Palacios, which I say like an Italian, but I know it's not a, it's a more Spanish Close. last name. Close enough. <laughs> Give us the pronunciation, come on. Palacios. Palacios. Yeah. It's, it's the weird difference between the, the Australian English and the American English that, I, that I'm struggling with. Um, so Robert's our lead designer. He was also our first hire once we got to Los Angeles when we moved from New York. Um, I remember when we were in a coffee shop um, interviewing you. We didn't have an office at that point. You did not. I was just getting ready to move into our first office, the, the WeWork office. Oh, that's back right. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Our fishbowl. Oh, my God. That was tiny. I'm so glad we had the space. You can see, um, if you're looking on uh, the video, you can see um, behind Robert, you can see the rest of the office. But um, if you're listening to the podcast, unfortunately, sound doesn't give you visuals. <laughs> um, so let's just start off... Um, by talking a little bit about like what, what made you get into esports in the first place? Uh, I've been lucky enough to be in a lot of really fun industries, the things I'm really interested in. I've worked in music, I've done movies, and uh, each startup tech stuff, a lot of fun stuff. But the, the one area that I hadn't been able to explore yet that I was really interested in was video games. And knowing that esports is kind of blowing up in an emerging market, I figured, you know, best time to get in now would be early. You know, get in when uh, the getting's good. Yeah, for sure. And you did get early, so that was. Um, you can see, like, even even in the so it was well, that was at the start of two thousand eighteen, right? Right, almost uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. but it's changed so much. The industry yeah, has changed so much. It feels like the industry was very tiny when I started, and yeah. now it seems like um, there's esports references dropping all over the place. See it on television. See, you know, all these major deals have been signed with big networks so yeah things have evolved really quickly yeah and it's it's, it's good for us but yeah. uh, I mean good for, good for the fans as well and you I know yeah. you you might watch about the same esports as me um, we yeah. watch a ton yeah, we watch, I, started, I think we watch kind of slightly different stuff as well what do you yeah I started watching a lot of Overwatch League when the yeah. league first kicked off but I once GOATS kicked in I sort of <laughs> fell off I'm bad like that and I guess I'm not so loyal but um, watch a lot of uh, LCS you know go clutch <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, always have kept up at the FGC. I'm, I'm one of those old boys that was playing Street Fighter in the arcades, you know, playing for, for money, for yeah. money rounds and stuff in college. So, um, yeah, I've been into to video games for, for, you know, my whole life. My generation grew up with them, you know, so yeah. it, it's, it's... You're a true good. gamer. Yeah, old boy, old boy club. And, and you play some with your son as well, so that's oh, a yeah. nice... Um, yeah, I have a budding esports superstar in my yeah. house with my you know, little 10-year-old kid. Um, he's hoping to join the varsity team when he gets in high school, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's been inspired by my line of work and going to, going to a bunch of league games. So yeah, he's into it. It is a good experience, and like you know, going down to the stadium. I know you told like yeah. stories of like how how nice the teams are and you yeah. know the staff there, like accommodating for like families and, and stuff like that, which is which is a really good thing because I think the the industry gets. But from people that are outside, you know, because of the whole violent video games and, you know, the internet has some sort of like trolley toxicity. Right. But, um, you know, in, in the esports scene, it's a lot less. Like people are actually, you know, willing to watch other teams and interact with other teams. You know, even if you're wearing another team's merchandise, right. they will still happily like right. talk to you and take a photo with you and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, unfortunately, there's just a little bit of lack of knowledge about the space and, and what yeah. it's all about. People think it's a bunch of kids. It's just sort of playing at their house, you know, playing each other online, and that's esports. But once they go to an event, I know they're really shocked about the production values with the roof. Everything feels very exciting. Yeah. It feels, quote, legit. Yeah. So I think once people really see it and experience it for themselves, their, their mindset sort of changes a little on that. 
And that's my thing as well. Like, I just want people to go and actually just attend an event. Like, even if you don't really know, yeah. and you want, you might not understand what's happening, but yeah. I didn't understand what's happening the first time I watched an NFL game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gave me that kind of spark. And I'm like, oh, I, now I see like, the, you know, the fans are getting involved. Like I, I'm part of that atmosphere. And I really do see how that, well, how people enjoy that. And that's how I kind of grew my knowledge for NFL. And I, same for esports, you know, attending events really kind of opened your eyes up to, oh, well, this is actually a real thing. It's not just like, you know, kids playing. It's like, right. this is... This is competitive, you know. Right, I still don't know what's going on in NFL, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one. I only know because I play, yeah. let me tell you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about design. Um, you know, you, you said you come from other industries. Right. Which I do know of. Yeah. It's not just made up. Yeah. Um, you know, going from like the music industry, like, you know, film compared to like esports. Is there, is there any differences between the way things are designed, you know, the um, you know, products, the way the products look? Or yeah. At the end of the day, it's always just knowing your audience. You know, something that you're going to do for esports is going to feel a lot different than you do for like consumer packaged products. At the end of the day, you have to know your audience and, and know that the know the use case that you're designing for. A lot of times, uh, the, mis- the most common mistakes for young designers is sort of creating their is, is treating their job as if it's some sort of um, personal art project or a little hug box. But unfortunately, <laughs> you know, you're there to do a job, and your job is to communicate something to that end user. If you're in a tech department, or to your customer, if you're in more of a marketing type thing, you just really need to know your audience and speak to them because essentially, creatives are our problem solvers. We're we're solving a problem for either the client or for the customer, and we're trying to do that through visual communication. That essentially is what it is, and it's really hard when you know your your early career is spent just being really creative, and you're in art school, you're making these great projects just for yourself. It's a lot yeah. of self gratification. But then once you move out of that environment, it's all about pleasing a customer, yeah. a client, your boss. It's a really, it's a bit of a transition. But um, as far as what you need to be doing, uh, you just need to communicate those, those that messaging really clearly. So that that those commonalities are the same no matter what industry you're in. Yeah, I've definitely noticed, and I, you've opened my eyes to like so many like design techniques, not just for esports, but just like across like you know what what an image should look like, you know what. Even looking at like you know fonts and like spacing of letters, like that stuff just blows my mind. And yeah, and then that's a simple that's a simple stuff. The fundamentals that everyone needs to learn really early on, because you know the crazy tricks like making letters look three D or some crazy lens flare. That stuff really doesn't matter. The fundamentals is what matters. The messaging is what matters. Is is there clarity? Is there a clear singular vision about what this image is meant to convey? Those are the things that are really important. And you can do that with just typography and a really simple image. It doesn't really take a whole lot of tricks. Knowing Photoshop doesn't really make you a, a designer. It's really having those fundamentals that is, is what makes you what makes you great. Yeah, and because I've like, you know, we do a range of things, and so like, you know, a small part, really small part of what Robert does, it, he'll help um, the content team, especially like social team, um, you know, occasionally like build out bigger images. So you know, when we're using like more stats and data heavy uh, images, like. Is there any is there any things that you keep in mind when you are you know using data visualization for like a consumer because obviously data gets quite complicated and say with like heat maps and stuff like that is it is there certain things that you have to keep in mind when presenting that to a consumer that maybe is not too familiar with stats and yeah definitely I, I really go for simplicity and and for lack of a better term just like really bright colors yeah. um, you just want to catch someone's eye and for the most part a bar graph might not be the most exciting thing so trying to present that in a way that looks visually exciting is is going to be a challenge so you know nice bright bold colors and really making it legible and, and by that I mean mentally legible that you can make sense of it right away at a quick glance and you know making sure that your your type isn't just trying to serve your own creative needs and you're making it usable for the person that's going to be looking at it because 
you know, facts and figures can get confusing, man. Who needs all those numbers? Yeah, yeah. But really, you, you really want to make that that information digestible to your audience and, and not something that's going to look overwhelming. So you really kind of have to pull back on a lot of extras and just really keep the essentials in there. Yeah, and I think it's something you do really well. And I noticed, like, because I'm obviously I appreciate e- that. I'm an esports fan as well. So for me, I'm like, I'm consuming our own um, content as well because that's interesting to me. And, um, you know, I think one thing you do is really well is like, you know, these graphs can get so complex and just being able to in a quick glance understand what is happening because social it's so quick right you know you've got your twitter feed or you've got your instagram feed and if you don't if the consumer can't take in the information you know the matter of like a second or two then it's already too complex and they're going to scroll past and i think something you do really well is you know create a, a bright image but also have the information that's really clear and easily consumable, which is a, such a challenge. Yeah, and teamwork makes a dream work. Let's, let's get it because <laughs> we, we got some great stats guys here. I mean, Tim, Tim Seven, he's I mean, he's he's a madman, and we have Lewis, who's who's amazing. They just give us really good stuff to work with. So inherently, it's just interesting. All I'm doing is putting like an attractive wrapper over it, you know. And then they have the, the chewy, nice, delicious candy in the middle, <laughs> which is the stats. So as long as I, I feel as as long as I can draw them in with a cool visual, yeah. um, something nice, clear, and, and legible for them to check out, I know our stats will will do the job of of selling that interesting content to them. Yeah, and let's let's um, talk a little bit. So we talked a little about social, but let's talk about like the products that we, that we've built out. And okay. so we've got uh, the OneView Twitch extension, mm-hmm. um, which is is a consumer facing um, sure. product. Um, and then we have one console, which is for um, broadcasters and event organizers. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between when you're coming to design the, the, the kind of interface for, for those two products? Yeah, I see both of them as very different in the sense that one is a lean-in product and the one is, is lean-back. And what I mean by that is something like OneView is, is more of a passive type of an experience. You're just chilling out, you're watching the games, and you're getting this information fed to you in a, in a way that it's important, but it's not vital to your experience. It's, it's additive to your experience. You're just watching your game, you're enjoying yourself, and it's something fun that you can interact with on the side, you know, keeping you engaged with that particular streamer. Where something like one console, which is a you know more of a professional product, it's really important that that thing is lean in. They're going to be looking at this thing, analyzing using using the stats that they're getting out of it to make their job easier by pull, we're we're presenting them with all these great stats and, and this information for them. And if that's not legible and easy to access, well then we're doing our jobs incorrectly. So the first thing I need to think about there is is legibility and a really ease of use sort of situation there. So. Um, yeah, I, I want to make sure the fonts are nice and large. Things are organized in a way that really makes sense and is easily accessible, you know, in the moment. Because if you've seen LCS broadcasts and, and other esports broadcasts, these guys are quick. They could talk about anything at the drop of a hat and, and sound really well informed. And that's one of the things we have to do. We have to give them the tools they need to continue to, to do their job well, but make it really easy so they don't have to leaf through a pile of papers before the game. They have everything they need at their fingertips in a really quick and easy fashion. Yeah, and I think that's it's. I mean, it's so important. Can you imagine, like, if you built like one console to be something that's like overly visual and like and graphical, and then like commentators trying right. to call plays, and they're looking over and they're like, I, I can't decipher this image, and right, and it's 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 such a um, amazing thing to watch you work and watch you like think about these things because you know, for me, I would just be like, all right someone's looking at this let's make it pretty let's do this let's do that but in the end it like it has to be super practical yeah and that's one of those things that you only learn through through doing this i've been i've been designing for a really long time so when i first started out i just always want to make things look as cool as possible take out all my best tricks and and make everything just look you know knockout dazzling 
but you know at the end of the day this is something someone's going to have to use and you know nobody looks at their email program and thinks this is the most beautiful thing I've ever done but everyone can figure it out within seconds and that was a really important lesson I learned early on in my career um, when I was kind of working the, the whole dot-com startup era was that everyone was trying to make their their pages look you know super complex and complicated and for whatever reason it clicked to me to make it simple and flat and I'd get a lot of criticism from you know my creative director saying wow well you need to like make it look a little bit more dazzling more fancy but at the end of the day I could see that the users were really able to figure out quickly so I just held on to that like a dog with a bone and I've always kept that mantra in my head keep it simple keep it simple and, and, it, and it served me well yeah and I think that's that's something I definitely learned from you like when I like when I'm creating the content myself um, and I'm not lucky enough to have you um, your expertise like just making sure that it whatever it is is easily digestible obviously you know the difference between like the the one view twitch extension um you know it's it's for the fans so it can be a little bit brighter it can be a little bit more colorful um right that's part of that lean lean back experience yeah. that talked about where you do need to make it appealing and, and visual it could be a little bit more fun because again it's more of a passive experience to where it's additive to to the broadcast that you're you're watching the stream that you're watching um and it, you you want that you want that excitement level. You want it to look fun and engaging because you're trying to draw them in because they're again they're they're not really that's not their prime focus of them yeah. watching that stream. But so you need to engage them. So you do need to have it look bright and fun. So yeah, it's those, an extension of the stream. So yeah, that makes hundred exactly. percent sense. Like yeah, yeah. you not you don't want to take you also don't want to take away as well because right. you you can't make it yeah. way too interesting because then it's taking away from the stream. It has to be additive. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's cool to see that kind of the process build out and. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, working with, um, you know, engineers and stuff like that. Is there, is right. there, we won't have to go into too much detail, mm -hmm. but you know, when you're, you're designing something, what, what are the kind of things you have to keep in mind for the engineering team? Because obviously you can't, you don't want to make the Mona Lisa and then they're like, well, how do I actually turn this into something practical? Yeah, I've always felt for doing interaction design and, and when you're, especially when you're doing things for, you know, for the web and, and apps and things, it's, it's always good to have a knowledge of how that stuff actually gets built. And I was lucky enough in my career to, to start off in, in, a, in a dev environment. So I always look at what would be easy for them to execute on and then build on top of that. You, you never want to have, have um, technological constraints sort of uh, rope you into a certain type of design, but it's always good to keep it in mind. So that's one thing I always think of, think of is how, how quickly can we turn this around, obviously, because we have deadlines to meet, and and how far can we push it? Knowing those parameters of, of what the, our devs are capable of, and, and we have a great team, so I know they're capable of a lot. <laughs> so a lot of it is, is a lot of collaboration going back and forth with our dev team saying, I have this in mind, can we do this? Yeah. And nine out of 10 times are gonna be like, sure. But having that one foot in, in that environment and, and knowing that and having that background really does help a lot. And for, for the audience um, and the listeners, would you, Traditionally, would um, so would the product manager come to you and tell you what you're going to build out and then work with you, or would you kind of come up with the design um, and then kind of pitch it, or you know what, what is that like initial process that really early on stage? What does that look we're, like? We're really lucky to have a good collaborative environment here. So our project, our product manager will come to, to me and say we're planning on building, you know, this, and it'll be a discussion. We'll literally sit down for you know a few hours and and start sketching stuff on the board, and we'll have a great discussion about it. You know, really think about what problem we're trying to solve and how we're going to solve it and then break down our key features. And from there, we, we start brainstorming, wireframing, things like that. I'll do the, the mechanical things of the, the brainstorm, uh, is, you know, the wireframes and, and what, whatnot. But 
for the most part, it is a very collaborative effort. And then I'll, again, I'll go through it and, and make it make it look nice and make it make it usable. But the ideas, I, I'll take them from anywhere I can get them. The worst thing you can do is always feel that you had the best ideas in the room. Um, the best thing you can do is listen to listen to your coworkers because they're all experts in their field. It's a lot of trust, basically. You yeah. have to trust that your that your team knows what they're talking about and take everyone's great ideas and put it into play. You know, yeah. Got to got to be effective and, and leverage leverage what you can. Yeah, I, um, I have to laugh um, because we've had numerous occasions where Robert's like done a wireframe just to give an idea of what it's going to look like. And the teams thought it was so good that it was the final product. Um, and that's just like a credit to how good you design things that it's like, you know, even the wireframe looks like people would like it. But I think it's more of a testament to how simple I try and make things yeah. look that you could take something as simple as a wireframe. You know, if it just is there's enough white space and there's some nice typography, you can that that's good design. I mean, yeah. everyone always talks about, oh, I love Apple design. And they can't really put their finger on it, but it's always the it's always the cleanliness of it all, the tidiness of it. There's nothing extra there. I'm sure a lot of people will remember the first iPhone. Everything was kind of funky looking, a little yeah. like glass or grass or whatever. Had skeuomorphic design, which means something that looks like it's meant to be a physical object. Yeah. And ever since they kind of rolled that back, and everything's nice and clean, and basically based around white space and typography, people are always impressed by their design. And it's it's really simple. There's no tricks there. It's just legibility and clarity of vision and, and that's something we try and do here at eSports One. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so the, I got a fun question. Well, I think it's fun anyway. I think a lot of <laughs> stuff that's really weird is fun. Um, we have this debate a lot. We talk a lot about t logos. So we're not going to shame yeah. any logos, but is there something that you see in eSports that maybe needs improvement in terms of logos so like because there's a lot you know there's a lot of amateur teams coming out there's a lot of you, you know younger designers and um I, like personally i see like a lot of like animals and stuff which yeah. is like not always the cleanest yeah um you know is there any like recommendations or any things that you could say like when, when um thinking of a design like doesn't have to be exactly what it is but just you know like core principle kind of i think one of the things i first noticed when getting into esports was that and this is definitely something that I feel is more about a couple years ago or a year ago. Is like you said that the animal logos they looked like um, sports logos from about the mid '90s when everything was was heavily rendered out. So you'd see a lot of bears and cougars and pirates and ghosts and monsters. And now, thankfully, it feels like esports is sort of finding its own niche and trying to do things our own way. We don't have to look like a creature, animal, pirate, or a thing. Yeah. We have esoteric concepts like 100 Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> you look at that logo, and it completely doesn't look like anything any other sports team would have. Yeah. Um, so, so things like that give me encouragement that, the, that our industry is finding its footing, and we're not just trying to emulate traditional sports. And I think that's the thing. It's, just, it's more of around identity, because yeah. I've never, I don't look at logos and think, oh, that's mechanically trash. I yeah. look at it as like, what kind of, what kind of identity you're trying to, does it say anything? about your team that is yeah. it giving that unique visual identity for that particular team i think that's more important than the mechanics of it which you know anyone can know anyone can learn illustrator photoshop that's it's not yeah. hard it's not what gives a designer their their skill it's like a hammer anyone can pick up a hammer and swing it but not everyone could be a great carpenter or architect yeah. so I, I see it very much in that same in that same fashion and i do like the way esports is kind of picking up their uh 
picking up their brand and, and elevating it in different ways than what traditional sports or, or other companies or other brands and spaces are doing. Yeah, and I think it's, it's you know, part of the reason is, you know, bringing in like outside talent. Like, you know, we, we always, we'd love to keep esports like a small community, but the, yeah. realistically we, we want it, it's not going to grow unless we have, you know, outside experts coming in and, and helping us grow like, you yeah. know, for design or um, product development. And so, you know, I welcome anyone that's like not in esports that wants to get in and, you know, add their expertise because it's all part of the growing. And, you know, you can yeah. see these with the logos as something as simple as that, but it's as impactful, like that um, good designers are now coming into the space. Not that there weren't good ones before, but it's yeah. additional um, talent. I think it's just a passion level yeah. too. It's, it's when someone really understands the space and really loves it. I read a lot of interviews when the when the Overwatch League um, came out with their expansion teams. You know, the, the person who did the stuff for the Spark, you know, all pink and, and blue. They really put a lot of thought and effort into it, and I, and I respect that. I don't think it's ever it's ever going to be a matter of, you know, oh, who has the fanciest tricks, like I said. It's yeah. who has the clearest vision and who has passion for it. It's just something you want out of, a, you know, out of your creatives. So you say it's important to have, like, and that's something I didn't really think about, but, like, having, um, you know, interest and really understanding the space and, and right. you know, what the needs are. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good point. Um, are there any, like, what's your, like, maybe top, one top three favorite logos out there i'm putting you on the spot <laughs> oh geez um you know what it's just familiarity so i, I in, in cleverness i think cloud nine's logo is perfect yeah, it's, it's a cloud and yeah. there's friggin nines in it yeah but it's done mechanically <laughs> fine it's done mechanically perfect yeah so i really like that you know yeah. I, I think that one works out pretty well um liquids I'll, i guess it's a seahorse but for whatever reason i like it because it has a sci-fi element it reminds me of uh, yeah i think it i think uh, and aliens there was a logo that looks very similar to yeah. it um so I, I enjoy that aspect of it all but uh no you know what in, in all honesty i don't think there's a lot of um big esports teams that have absolute trash logos yeah. anymore i think we're well past that i yeah. think everyone who did have kind of a shaky or, or just antiquated brand you know things that look super hot 10 years ago maybe aren't looking so cool now i think yeah. everyone has really stepped up their game and i, I have a really positive outlook on on the branding of, of all the teams and all the organizations have been rolling out as of late. I think yeah. things are looking pretty no, good. No, I, I do agree. You also are one of the most positive people I know. Just, to, just to throw in Yeah, I know you do. You do. All right. So, um, kind of last question, then we can wrap it up. Um, so, for, for the esports startups out there that are, you know that are looking to like hire a designer, yeah. it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge, especially for a new company, especially if you're a first time founder. Right. What are some good things to look for? Um, in a designer that would you know really help the company out. Yeah, I mean, I would just look for someone who has a lot of passion and ambition and, and love for the space because you can you can you're gonna find a lot of people that are like, oh man, esports is a new hot space. Let me get into that. But if you don't love esports and have some sort of interest in it to you know be watching games and, and see what the community is all about, you're not gonna get a lot out of that designer, no matter how talented they are. I, I really do feel you have to have an interest and a, and a love for esports to be great in the space. Um, you you can have a lot of talent, but you'll probably have them, you know, checking in, checking out. But someone who's really going to dedicate a lot of love and passion to it, I think that really comes through in your in your work. Um, you know, and then also you got to have those fundamentals. You know, are they good with typography? Are they good with white space? What's their color theory like? Yeah. Really, those simple fundamentals. I, I'm not one of these these people that feel like oh, there's one perfect type of, of hire. Yep. I think you really need to look at your needs because you know some people will really kick ass at production design where they're just you know cranking out banners all day or, or cranking out social and they love it and they're great at it. There's other people who are big idea people. It, yeah. it all depends kind of what role you're trying to fill. But I think just passion, interest, and yeah. having those solid fundamentals is just something you're going to need.
Almost, it's kind of hard to see when, when if, if you're the hiring it's manager true, yeah. and you don't know those fundamentals, it's kind of hard to see. So at that point, I think you just have to kind of trust your gut and, and, yeah. and feel that they're a good fit for your organization. They need to definitely work well with all your other teams. That's something I think yeah. a lot of people tend to overlook. Yeah. They look for these superstar designers, but if that superstar designer can't work yeah. well with other teams, they're going to just be a headache for you. Yeah, I was, I was just going to throw in, but you definitely answered that. Just that like, I think with all employees, like culture is so important right. just for the, the fact that you have such a small team at the start. Right. Um, and you really do have to work together. And, you know, you, you often find yourself, you know, um, doing, taking on smaller tasks that may be out of the design um, uh, realm, but like, you know, even just like writing copy and stuff like that, you know, you've, you occasionally yeah, dabble it, in. So you, you, Yeah, it's part of the creative process, yeah. though. I mean, I, I've had plenty of roles. I mean, this is the first time I've been hands-on in like the last 10, 12 years. Yeah. Most of the time I've been doing a lot of direction for the latter part of my career. But, you know, as a creative, they're called creatives for a reason. You're doing creative writing. You're doing yeah. creative thinking. You're not just always in Photoshop or Illustrator designing the whole yeah. time. You're, you're creating an experience for the end user. Yeah, no, it's true. And I'm um, definitely glad to have you around. We, uh, we sit next to each other, so yeah, I get to, to um, enjoy uh, Robert's positivity and also talk a hell of a lot of esports yeah, all day. <laughs> yeah, we talk so much esports. Anyway, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you're super busy. Um, so if you would like to get in touch with us, Esports One, we've got a Slack channel. Um, hit us up on Twitter esports one inc um but yeah just reach out if you've got any questions got any questions for robert we're happy to answer them and um, we'll see you next week thanks robert thank you